much for joining us today on episode number 227 of the Real Life Runners podcast. So we all get into running for different reasons. And quite frankly, your reasons now might not be the same as when you started. So today we're talking about what our reasons are from running and how that can shift and evolve over time. And that's the way it's supposed to happen. All right, so we're back after Thanksgiving break. We missed you guys. We hope everyone had a wonderful holiday. Everyone that's in the U.S., all of our U.S. listeners that celebrated Thanksgiving, hopefully you got some running in. I know that we got lots of turkey trotters out there. A lot of turkey trotters. And those of you that are our international listeners, we hope you also had a wonderful week. So we're back, and we're excited to be back here recording the podcast for you guys. We're going to record a podcast in the car, but after like 30 hours of driving, I actually went insane, so oh we goodness. could not record the podcast. So it was many okay. hours of driving. Yeah, we could do a little quick recap of our Thanksgiving break, we decided to drive from Florida to Ohio with two kids and a dog. So that was a really fun experience. And it actually was, you know, I say it jokingly, but we stopped for a night in Savannah, Georgia and explored the city the next day. And that was amazing. And I love exploring new places through running. You know, that's one of my favorite things to do when we travel is to just go out, obviously making sure that we are in a safe location. That's one of the reasons we actually got the hotel where we did in downtown downtown Savannah, like in the historic district, because I wanted to run down there. (laughs) And I didn't want to be too far away that I couldn't run around the historic district. And so I love to explore new places. And so if you enjoy that also, send me a DM on Instagram at Real Life Runners and let me know what is the favorite place that you've ever run that's not your normal hometown. Because I would love to hear that. I would love to get inspired to go visit other running cities and explore on foot. Yeah, there are a few places that I would enjoy going to run and explore, but they would not have nearly as many stoplights as where we went. Well, you know, I think that's the fun thing. Like, you know, I've run in, um, where were we, where the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was? That's in Cleveland, Cleveland, isn't it? That was for the wedding. And then um, Savannah and like lots of other places. We haven't been traveling much, obviously, in the past couple of years, but that's definitely something that is on the list of to-dos in the the next coming few years like give me colorado without snow that's a place Mm -hmm. that i would enjoy exploring arizona sure definitely but then we're gonna have to deal with altitude so we're gonna figure that out at that point we'll deal with altitude when we get there (laughs) we just run a whole heck of a lot slower yeah so uh, the other thing i'm curious about too is do you guys run on vacation um also again guys drop into my dms on instagram i love connecting with all the real life runners over on instagram so let me know if you like running on vacation or if you have a hard time running on vacation and kind of figuring it out Um, we definitely threw a lot of that into our week. You know, we made sure that we got hotels that had fitness centers, some of them better than others, but still at least functioning. I mean, there was treadmills inside of them. They were not necessarily my favorite of treadmills, but you know, there was a belt. It moved. Yeah. I realized that I really don't like running on treadmills. (laughs) See, that's the thing is I love running on treadmills. You love it. Yeah. Like I actually enjoy running on a treadmill. Yeah. The hotel treadmills drive me nuts because they try to make them user-friendly by putting a television like a foot in front of your face. Yeah. You can't see the television a foot in front of your face. It's moving because it bounces as you run on the Mm -hmm. treadmill. And so it's just really... 
I get a headache with the TV right right in front of me. So I I usually just don't turn it on. Yeah, I think that that's more for people that are walking. You know, like if you're walking, oh, fair you, enough. you could probably watch the TV easier than if you were running. <laughs> sure. Yeah. But anyway, let's get into today's episode. So when what we're talking about today is just kind of why we run. All right. We all get into running for a lot of different reasons, right? We are, but we're all essentially on this running journey together. Some of us get into it just because we want to um, have better health. We want to be more fit. We want to get stronger. Maybe we want to lose some weight. Maybe we want to challenge ourselves to, to do something that we've never done before, like, you know, run a half marathon, run a marathon, run a trail race. There's all sorts of ways that we can use running to challenge ourselves. And so all of us come into running for different reasons. But I think that what we really want to explore today is how those reasons can evolve over time. Right, because whatever got you into running is what it might still be there. There might still be an aspect of that. It might not be the most important reason why you continue to lace them up and head out the door. Yeah, so today we're going to focus a little bit more on Kevin's story. I'll put a little bit of mine in there. But for you, Kev, like when you started running, why did you get into running in the first place? So I started running in high school. Like I got into running on my freshman year high school cross country team. Like that, that was it. And I did it because my sister was also running cross country at a different school because she went to the all girls school. I went to the all guys. And so like that was just the sport that I got into. So when I started running, like the goal of running in my head was just to be as fast as possible. Yeah, I mean, you were on a team. The team, and the team was good. Yeah. Like, not only was the team good, but like the top runner on the team was really good. Like, I was working there as like the incoming kid, and we're working with guys who were like multiple guys on the team, under two minutes for the half mile, low four minutes for a mile. Like, the team was good, and there were individuals on it who were very, very good. That's what you were working with. So mm-hmm. you come in as a freshman, you're like, oh, well, by the time I'm a senior, I want to be that guy. Yeah. So the goal was simply be really, really fast. Right. And so that led you to train in what way? So I basically determined that I would get better if I just trained with the fastest person that I could keep up with. So I trained with the fastest people on the team. Like that was, that was my outlook. Well, if I just keep up with them, it'll be fine. Is that what your coach, like what did your coach tell you to do? So summer training has sort of a interesting way at, at my high school. We would meet every like Tuesday and Thursday. There was a big pack of people and you would all just head out. It was like, all right, you guys know the loops and off you go. And so you could just kind of pick who you wanted to go with. Mm-hmm. So you could go with the faster group. You go with the middle group. But go... he didn't like really instruct you on mm-hmm. what to do. No. So summer practice um, at the time, the official rule was there was not allowed to be summer practice. Ah. So it was simply a convenient gathering of our entire cross country team. Mm-hmm. And the coach happened to be there. Right. <laughs> Like, it was a normal trail that lots of people ran. We were not the only high school that was doing it. Right. It was just, it was comical of, you know, we weren't meeting at our high school. We met at, like, a trailhead. But so did all of the other high schools that were also not officially meeting during summer training. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I basically, I I ran fast. I ran fast on easy days because I just ran with the fast kids. Yeah, you decided you wanted to 
wanted to be fast, and so therefore you had to run with the fast kids, and your coach didn't tell you otherwise. Because we were all off and running. Right. Like, it seemed fine. I was progressing fine. Yeah. I ended up being one of the faster freshmen on the team. I didn't make varsity, but I was one of the faster freshmen. Especially since you were brand new to the sport. Like, no one really knew what you were capable of, right? No one had any idea how fast anybody is. Yeah. And at, at that school, there was always, like, one phenom that basically came out of every class. So mm-hmm. maybe it was going to be me. No one knew. Yeah, I mean, that's what happens to us, you know, coaching our runners right now. Like, on our cross-country team, like, obviously we have a very methodical and calculated way to coach them because – the last thing we want is for them to get injured, right? Like we want to be able to keep them healthy, keep them progressing and not have them get injured. But it's true, right? At the beginning, you really don't know what these kids are capable of, especially kids that you know are playing other sports. They've been playing soccer for 10 years since they were three years old, you know, like they're in good shape. So, but they've never run before, right? Right. So we have no idea what they're actually capable of. And that's, you know, kind of what it was with you. Right, but they also have no idea what they're capable of. That's the crazy craziness is sort of like, well, go at like a, an easy pace. You're like, I don't know what that means because I've never run this far before. Well, and, and, you know, in other sports like soccer, you know, that they ha- were playing for the rest of their lives, you sprint everywhere, yes. right? And that's really what we see so much of on our team. Like these kids just take off running. You're like, oh, that's not going to last very long, you know? But some sometimes it does. Like sometimes, sometimes it, lasts pretty while. it lasts a lot longer than you think it's going to, right? Yeah. So I got into it and I, I ran fast and even after my freshman year, I kind of kept running fast on like my easy to moderate days. Like I have plenty of memories of the coach being like, Brown, you need to slow down. Today is an easy day. Go at a nice, comfortable pace. It's an easy day. But I had a lot of teammates that would like take little breaks on their runs or maybe they'd veer off to the park and they'd play football for a little while. And so I did a lot of running even in high school where I had like an 80 person team. I still did a lot of solo running. So I would push even on easy days. It wasn't like super fast, but I enjoyed running. It was fun to run at a quicker pace also. Yeah. So that's kind of how I got into it because running fast was fun. So, um, the thing was that I was never like the number one guy on our team. So it went from, I need to be the fastest person possible to, I need to try and help the team win Mm -hmm. as much as we possibly could, because that's what we did at my high school. Like we won things. Yeah. You guys were exceptionally good. We were good. So we needed to win. So then I, I, instead of focusing so much on being like the fastest person on the team, the fastest person in the whole meet, I focused on being the best like number three, number four guy on the team. So I didn't have to be the best guy on my team. I didn't even have to be the best guy at the meet. I just had to be faster than the other team's number like three runner Mm -hmm. because that's how cross country scores. Right, but the funny thing is that, you know, if you were on the other team, you would have been probably one or two runner on a lot of other teams. It's just because you were going to the high school that you went to that you were like number three or four. Yeah, I would have been the number one or two at all of the high schools that we raced against. Exactly. And we were like the big schools. So if I went to any of the like smaller schools around, I would have probably been their number one or two also. Right. So then from there you went to college, which kind of also changed your perspective on running. All right. So college, I had to change my perspective because the goal was always like, well, just go with the fast guys. College, the fast guys were all Americans. Like this was a whole nother ball game. Yeah. Division one collegiate mm-hmm. athletics is a whole different ball game. Like you were very good at at a very good high school in California. And now we're looking at a university that's pulling from people all over the country to make a team of what, 11 people? Uh, Eight to nine. There you go. He carried, like, 
there's not really like a walk-on program at Notre Dame at a lot of like the bigger schools because I know the system at, at University of Florida because we've had some kids that like talk to the coach and try to figure out what it was. At the end of like the first couple of weeks of the season, they have like walk-on tryouts. And if you don't run the time trial fast enough, you're done. Mm-hmm. Like I talked to the coach uh, when I visited Notre Dame because I visited my sister when she was there. And I talked to the coach and he basically rattled off the accomplishments of all the people who were on the team. Like this many state titles. This guy has been the fastest runner in Canada. This guy's got like whatever all the things. And he said, you can run as long as you want to keep up with them, but I'm not making workouts for you. I'm making it for them because our goal is to get to the national championship every year. Mm -hmm. So it was like, oh, okay. So literally the coach was now telling me, keep up with the fast guys or you don't have to be on the team anymore. Right. So that's what I did is I kept up with the fast guys. Yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, it kind of went south because... I was completely overtrained every single day because I was trying to keep up with guys that were way over my head, mm-hmm. which led to massive burnout. And eventually I had to quit the team because I wasn't getting that same feeling that I used to get. Yeah. Like I used to, I wasn't one in high school, but I was contributing. I was participating. I was helping the team and I wasn't able to see it in college. Yeah. You know, and we tell our kids on on our cross country team, like, even if you're the number like 11 guy, you're pushing the number 10 to be a little bit faster. That person's pushing the nine. There was a gap between me and the next person up. I wasn't pushing somebody to stay on varsity. Was there anybody around you? There were a few people that were walking on. We all knew that we were going to hang out where we were. Mm -hmm. There was like, maybe you'd have a chance if the coach decided to like not race three of the guys on varsity in that particular meet that maybe you'd be able to run in a random varsity race, but that was only because he just wasn't racing his top like three or four guys. So you were kind of like the Rudy of the cross country team. Sure. <laughs> no, I think, I think you were a little above Rudy though. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> I think you had a little bit more skill than that, but okay. So then essentially that led you to quit the team, right? Because you were just completely burnt out and training at a level that was way over your head. Right. And look, Looking back at it now, it it seems silly because I was like, well, running wasn't giving me the feeling that I was supposed to get. Like running was somehow controlling my feelings. Well, that's what we all think, right? Like I think that until you realize that that's not true, that's one of the things that we all think. We all think that like running is my therapy and running makes me happier and running makes me feel more confident and like running doesn't do any of those things, right? <laughs> you are actually in control of your thoughts. Your thoughts about running are what produces the produce the feelings of confidence or burnout or, you know, depression or joy, all, all these things, right? It's whatever you're thinking about running. It's not running that's actually giving that to you. But you know, you don't know that until you know that. Right. And I certainly did not know that at the time. I mean, some of the people listening to this podcast, this might be the first time they're even hearing this concept. Right. Which sounds a little crazy the first time you hear it. It But trust us, stick with us, you know, go back. And if this is the first one you're listening to, go back and listen to some of our previous podcast episodes where we get into this in more detail, basically how your thoughts about whatever circumstance it is, your thoughts are What control your feelings? Your feelings control your actions. Your actions obviously give you the results that you have. 
Yeah, so I kind of skipped over the whole thoughts control feelings, and I just went with circumstance gives me feelings, which is is wrong. It's what how most humans think, though. But I went with, I'm number 14, I'm never going to get higher than this. Every time a new freshman class would come in, there were more people that were faster than me because they were actually recruited to go to the school there and run on the cross-country team, so I kept getting further back the team mm. as, I, as I got older. I didn't move up because people graduated. I slid back because new freshmen came in. Right, which so is never fun. It was a little frustrating. And I was like, okay, well, I, I'm not going to run anymore. And so I just, I literally stopped running for, I think it lasted three months. And I got back into running in the dead of winter in South Bend, Indiana, that somehow it was like January and I'm like, yep, I'm going to go for a run. And I got back into it and I started running on like my own terms. Suddenly I was running without any sort of rules to it. Yeah. There was no coach. There was no team. There was no expectations. It was all on you. Right. You became a real life runner. Yeah. A little early. (laughs) A little early to become it because I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. Essentially, I was now running without any rules around me. There wasn't Monday through Friday practice, possibly a weekend practice. There weren't races on the schedule that I had to coordinate things around. I just went out and ran because I enjoyed running. Mm -hmm. So what was that like for you? Really? weird Mm. it was a lot of like easy running at first because I was just like I don't know let's try just going out and running and seeing if that can just running could be fun but was it easy running or was it more of that like medium to moderate pace uh it was it was entirely dependent on how I felt when I went out on any given day Mm -hmm. so sometimes I would push sometimes I wouldn't sometimes I would go longer sometimes I would go short there was no rhyme or reason to it yeah it's literally like I'd lace up and be like what do you feel like doing today I don't know let's run for 30 minutes like that was how I was running there was no logic to it which was weird so then I started being like well maybe I should find a race maybe I could do that race maybe I could do this race maybe I should train for a marathon oh but what about intramural cross country what about this 5k on campus like so suddenly I had like a million paths and I started taking all of them which is not really an effective way to get down any path to like take two steps down each of them simultaneously mm-hmm. so I was I was in that one and I think a lot of runners find themselves in that place yes I totally agree where it's like, well, I've got all of these different races. It sounds interesting to train for 5Ks, but my friends are doing that marathon, and that group of friends is doing a half marathon, and it's like a, a running getaway, so that sounds like that would be a blast. Can I train for all of the things simultaneously? Mm-hmm. And the answer is yes. I mean, sometimes, you know, like, you can do whatever you want, right? And it depends on, again, what are your reasons for running? So you can, you know, just kind of race, jump around. There are lots of runners that do that. And if this is you, you know, raise your hand, you know, send me a DM, like, let me know. Are you, if you're one of those race jumpers, there's nothing wrong with that as long as that's what you want to do. Because some people love just doing that. Some people love just running in races and they don't really care about their time. They don't really care if they're getting better or not. They just really enjoy the race community, like the race um, atmosphere and the running community and just being a part of it. And essentially just keep signing up for races and doing races as ways to just have fun and get in shape. Which is fantastic. Yeah. The problem is, is that that was still not my mindset. 
If my head was like, I'm just going to run races because I enjoy the running camaraderie, then I could have gone to all these races and been like, this is just a blast. I'm out here having so much fun. But I didn't. I signed up for things and then I wanted to win them. Mm. (laughs) So, because once I was not on the varsity team, I was then one of the fastest runners on Notre Dame's campus. Right. Because... If you eliminate the actual really fast All-American runners, it's a small group of people who were all essentially walk-ons at one point. It was like a small group of us. We all knew who we were. We all like, oh, shoot, that you you showed up this morning. Uh, all right, well, let's see how this goes. Because yeah. we were all former walk-ons, and it was it was an interesting time to, to race. And that's when I trained for my first marathon. That's when I started trying to figure out how to actually train for one specific thing. Mm-hmm. So... I trained, I convinced my best friend at the time to, that he should also run the Chicago Marathon with me. He's such a good friend to you. <laughs> he really is. I mean, you've, we've convinced him. I, should, I say we because Kevin obviously is talking about how he convinced this guy to run a marathon with him. He in, ran high school cross country. Yeah, but senior year of college. Like, who trains for and runs marathons their senior year of college? It's like, I mean, I'm sure it happens. Plenty of people. Plenty of people. But, I mean... It's still something like, hey, let's go do this. I mean, that is something that two college guys, I guess, would do. 100%. I also called up the same person who is an amazing human being and convinced him to come fly to Florida this summer and go skydiving with Kevin like two weeks in advance. Despite the fact that his wife was like six months pregnant. God bless this man. He's a great human. Yes, he is a great human. Shout out to Mark. (laughs) Um, so that's when I got into training. That's when I started like diving online and being like, okay, there's like a correct way to train. You actually shouldn't just go out the door and be like, what do I want to do today? Hmm? 45 minutes go. Like Like when you started training for Chicago. Yeah. Okay. So then I started like looking up and trying to figure out, are are there books? Like, do I just like go online? And I really, I went online to find books to figure out like, what's like a good coaching philosophy? I feel like I should have like a a training system that I should have. And so that's how I got into coaching in the first place was training myself Mm -hmm. to be able to run a marathon. Right. It went okay. Like, cause my training got haywire on that one. Well, you didn't complete it. I didn't. Yes. That that was the problem. problem. I mean, I don't know all of the details, but I think your training went okay until that last month. Right. My training was going phenomenal up until the last month. And then I had giant engineering projects due. So I ran the three intramural cross country races during the last month of training. Yeah. So in the last month of training, you ran a total of three five Ks. Yeah. Against the other guy who walked on. Yeah. And he was no longer on the team anymore. <laughs> right. He was also training for the Chicago Marathon, ironically. Really? Yes. Oh, that's funny. Yes. I beat him in the final 5K of the season. He beat me in the marathon. He beat you in the marathon. Yes, yeah, substantially. Yeah. He did not sit on the side of the road at mile 22. <laughs> All right, so that was sort of like my college running, which was interesting. But then I moved beyond college, and I was still running on my own. I actually got a job coaching back at my high school as an assistant track coach, Mm -hmm. and then moved to Florida, and I was training myself for all sorts of local races. And I was putting together my own training plan. I had read a few training books. I had like a training system. You know, and then I got into high school coaching and and then online coaching. And I've been coaching lots of runners, including myself and runners of all ages and levels. And me. And you. I convinced (laughs) you to become a runner, which I think was much more difficult than convincing my friend, hey, let's run 26 miles. And it might be a decision that you regret just a little bit because I might have been your most challenging client ever. (laughs) You were certainly an (laughs) 
interesting client. No, I don't think you regret it, obviously, looking at where we are right now with everything and how many people we've been able to help with all of this, which is incredible. But yeah, definitely, I'm definitely a different type of runner and have a very different story that, than Kevin does. And you know, we're not going to get into my whole story today, but basically what I'm hearing is that you essentially went from this runner that was out to prove something, out to get faster, pushing really hard all the time. You got into, you were still in that competitive mode. And then when you kind of got out of that, you were kind of floating around for a little bit. Right. There was a lot of floating because I wasn't sure. I still like had this competitive background, but running wasn't such a priority. When I was in high school, like running was one of the big things that I did. Running was now something that I was doing for fun. It was something I was doing for fitness. I still enjoyed the races, but I wasn't giving it as much priority as like I could have to see just like really how fast I wanted to be. Yeah. And I think that that can, there's a lot of people that can probably relate to that. Like maybe they weren't as good of a runner as you were in high school, but maybe they were really a really good athlete in another sport, right? Like, so they were a really good soccer player or basketball player or baseball player. So I think that we can all relate to this if you have any sort of competitive mindset, right? Like if you've ever been involved in any sort of competition, when you get into running, it's not like that competition just goes away. Like that comes right back up to the surface and you're like, oh, cool. All right. So we're competing again. Like I'm in a race. I want to win this. Right. And which I think is one of the mindsets and mentalities that leads a lot of runners to pushing so hard all the time, right? If I want to get better, I just have to keep pushing harder because that's how it was in a lot of other sports. I mean, that's how it is in most sports. Most sports, the coaches come out and they're yelling at you. You're running in almost every sport outside of running is a lot of sprints. Yeah. It's a lot of sprinting and push really, really hard. And if you're not sprinting, then it's not going fast enough. The coach is like screaming. There's whistle blowing. You're just doing wind sprints, gassers with suicides, whatever the coach calls them. Gassers? Gassers. I've never heard of that one. Oh, that, sorry. That was like grade school football coach mm. back when I still had flags on my hips. I did not play football anytime somebody was going to tackle me. But no, grade school <laughs> coach, he called them gassers because you were, you know, out of gas. Um, I don't, anyway, so that was, it's how so many people get into it. And then you want to be competitive. That was my issue is I wanted to still be competitive. And it seemed like the best way to do that. I'm looking at all these books. I'm trying to figure it out. If I could just keep doing more things, train a little bit more, push a little bit harder, I could keep getting faster. And I was getting pretty good results out of this. I wasn't consistent though. I was not kind of continuously building on it Mm because there was always just like random down periods of like, I ran this race, but now I've got something else going in my life. Mm -hmm. And I think that you also kind of had a chip on your shoulder too. Well, I mean, if we're being completely honest, sure. like you feel like there was something to prove, right? Like there was untapped potential there. Yeah. By the time I really started figuring out the best way that I could train myself, I was then kicking myself for not doing that like eight to 10 years earlier. Right. Like I feel like I could have been a whole heck of a lot faster in my 20s if I knew then what I knew in my like mid 30s. So then I started pushing really, really hard in my 30s to see if I could 
get to where I might have been able to get in my 20s. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I then just stopped sleeping and trained myself right into the ground, literally, because then I had a series of seizures. So for those of you new to the podcast, that was my lineup of 2017 of let's knock out three unplanned, unknown caused seizures over the course of nine months. Yeah, they started in April and your last one was in December. Yeah. So so that was that's where training led me, which... Then, and you continue to tell me that this was not the case, but we went and saw all sorts of like neurologists and seizure specialists and, and things of that. And epileptologists. Epileptologists. Um, it, it actually is easier to say than seizure specialist. Because um, <laughs> of the S's. But the one guy did not directly say that running caused the seizure. He did not. But he suggested that I was I had too many stressors in my life yes. and one of them was the level that I was training. So in my head because it was very extreme. Right. So in my head, he basically said I can't train that way anymore. Mm-hmm. So to me, he was telling me I was not going to be able to run. He was saying marathon training. That was like one of the things that he latched onto because marathon training is more extreme. Sure. But in my head, I basically heard him say, you can't run the way that you want to run, mm-hmm. which was devastating. Like it's basically being told if you continue to run the way that you're going, that you are running, you're going to continue to have seizures. And none of them went well. There were two, multiple trips to the hospital and staples in the head and it was bad. Yeah. I mean, they could have been much worse. Thank God. Like you weren't running or driving or anything like that at the time. But they were not fun. No, no, they were not good. I don't recommend them to anybody. Um, and so that's that's when we had to try and figure out how do I train the way that I want? How do I actually run the way I want? Because mm-hmm. that's ultimately what we all want to do. I feel like anybody listening to this podcast is like, I run for whatever the reason is, but you want to be able to keep doing it. Maybe you want to get faster. Maybe you just want to enjoy the experience, but you don't want to have to stop. You don't want to have to change it to do less than what you want to do. Yeah, and I mean, that's really our whole goal of why we started this podcast, this company, is to help runners, real runners that want to run, be able to do what they want to do and not feel limited by their body, right? Not feel limited that every time I run five miles, my knee starts to hurt or every time I do this, my, you know, calf acts up or my Achilles acts up. Like that is not a fun place to be. Whatever your reason for running and, you know, you should know that. Like what is your why? What is the reason that you have chosen to be a runner? What is that for you? Because it's different for everyone, right? But whatever that reason is, if running was suddenly taken away from you, I don't think that's a place that any of us would want to be. Right. And to me, that's where I was. I'm sitting in this doctor's office and he's saying that I can't run the way that I want to run anymore. He did not say that I had to stop running. Those were not the words. But there was a strong push to saying that I could never train for a marathon again. It wasn't exactly that either. Like, so my perspective being in the room with him, obviously. Which was a good thing. Yes. It was just, he. the way that the doctor explained it was that Kevin has all these different stresses in his life, right? Like, whether they're good or bad, there's, there's things that take up your time, your energy, 
and place stress on you, right? Your family, your friends, your career, you know, the teaching is obviously Kevin's career, which tends to be more of a stressful type of um, job with working with kids and all the things, right? Then you're doing marathon training and then you're doing this. Like there was all these things. And the analogy that he basically used was that everyone has, what he explained to us, everyone has a seizure threshold, every single person on the planet, right? Most people have a higher one. Some people's threshold are is lower, right? And for whatever reason, apparently Kevin's was a lower threshold. And so say there were five things that you know, stressors, major stressors in his life, when he added the sixth one on, that's what took him over that line, over that threshold and caused the seizure. So if we could just take one of those away and he stayed under that seizure threshold, then he'd be fine, right? So that's really the way that the doctor explained it. He kind of latched on to the marathon training just because it is such an extreme stressor because as he was talking about it, you know, it does take your body to the extremes, right? You're doing all of this mileage and then you pull back and then you recover from it and then you do it again you build up and you you know break down there's a lot of um stress associated with training at that level there just is yeah i mean it's kind of the principle of training is you stress your body and then you recover and fuel it so that it can build back stronger like that's the whole concept of training right but marathon training and distances beyond the marathon really do a good job of breaking the body down where you need a significant amount of recovery to build back up and that's the part that you weren't getting right that's what really kevin and i did a deep dive into our lifestyle at the time because in our opinion we were living really healthy lives it didn't make sense why any of this was happening yeah i mean we had been on this like healthy kick since we had really before we even had kids and at that point we had had we had two and they were growing and we're all eating the healthy stuff and we're both exercising i had won a marathon like we were we were healthy like especially you talk to anybody in your family like we were the healthy couple and suddenly i'm having seizures and it was it was weird so well, he, the doctor did not say that I had to take running away. It hit my head as though running could be taken away. Yeah. And that's kind of where I, I'm coming at it to to this podcast is what if you could imagine a world where running could in fact be taken away from you tomorrow? If you ever knew like the next day might be it. Maybe, man, now you don't get to run anymore. How would you train? Would you, like, would you still go out for a run today if if this was the last one? Or would you just be done? And I think that that really changes the way that you look at how and why you go out and run. Mm-hmm. You know, it really kind of makes you think about it is you'd find a lot more joy in every run and every workout that you get to go do like going out to race. Oh man, it just, it fills me with so many nerves and I've got all these butterflies. What about this pure excitement of the joy of the opportunity to see what you can do? Like if you know that you might not be able to run tomorrow, being able to race today gets a whole lot more exciting and a whole lot less nervous because this is it. This is your shot. So go for it. And people will be like, oh man, but if this was my last race, there's so much pressure on this. No, no, no. This is it. Go out and just have as much fun and know that this is going to be your running celebration. 
All right, so we just had to pause our recording for a little, for a couple minutes here because you got a little emotional. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. A little bit. What What's coming up when you kind of think about this and talk about this right now? I mean, at that time, I really, and I know you, you tell me that the, the doc didn't say that this is not my current doctor. I was not going back to that guy. <laughs> <laughs> then another woman, she was amazing. Um, and you tell me that he didn't say that I had to stop training, but... It's what you heard. It's what I heard. Right. And I thought that running was gone. Like, I really thought that I was not going to be able to run. Or maybe I'd be able to, like, jog easy for three miles. Like, yeah. I thought that running as I knew it was going to be gone. And it really... it it brings about an appreciation for every run that I get to go out and do. Even to this day. Yeah. And sometimes I forget it. Yeah. And I'll go out and I'll have such a terrible run. I'll be like halfway through and I get a side stitch or the rain kicks up or like random chafing. And I'm like, well, that's going to be really uncomfortable in a few miles when I finish. Back again. (laughs) You You guys have to follow us on Instagram, by the way. You really do. Angie's hysterical. Um, (laughs) And I think so too. Yes. Yes, she does. I mean, I I entertain myself, which is, you know, half the fun. So, um, (laughs) but even on those runs, like I start to get like down and I'm like, Oh man, this is, Oh no, wait, I get to run today. You know, it was why my last marathon was not my fastest, but it was the biggest smile I've had. It was a bigger smile in the race when I ran in Jacksonville than when I won Fort Lauderdale because I got to do it and I wasn't sure if I was going to. And honestly, there was a family discussion of whether I should even be allowed to do this or not. There was a half marathon that I trained for with lower mileage. That was the step in order to get to my marathon training. That uh, that was the official rule of the house is let's see how half marathon training goes and how you feel after racing a half marathon before I mean, doing a full. It's not the rules and it's not allowed to. Or oh, no, not this was 100%. I mean, no, it it was a discussion of, is this the best choice? Yes. It, that's what that's what it was. It was you and I having a discussion of, is this the best choice for your long-term health? And this is, we have to have a lot of discussions around that, right? Because obviously I want a healthy and alive husband. <laughs> that is my goal. It's a good, good point you made. <laughs> that is my goal, right? And you want to be able to run. And so... There was a bit of a disconnect there until we had to just have faith and walk in that faith and allow you to run in that faith that it was going to be okay. So basically what Kevin and I came to when we took a step back and examined what was going on is sleep and recovery. The lack of sleep and recovery is what we believe led to his series of seizures because he was training at this high level, right? Like the doctor was talking about. He was training at this high level, but he wasn't getting the sleep and the recovery. He would go to bed at midnight because he was staying up late to grade papers and do other things and then wake up at five o'clock in the morning, sometimes even 4.30 so that he could get his run in before he had to go teach all day long. 
and he wasn't getting the sleep and recovery. And what we learned after doing massive amounts of research is how much sleep and recovery affect the brain and obviously all other body systems. It was amazing to me that you didn't get injured in another way, like that something didn't flare up on you, you know, your knee or whatever, but that is what the strength training did for you, right? Credit, <laughs> credit to the physical therapist that I married. Yeah, I mean, when you put those strength training exercises, he kept his body healthier. But what we didn't realize was that his body was actually breaking down and it just happened to manifest in his brain because sleep is absolutely so critical for brain health. And without that sleep, that's what we believe has really knocked that threshold a lot lower than it should have been. Yes. So now between, you know, having some some thoughts to all aspects of training, not just trying to see how much training I can possibly fit into my schedule, but right. making sure that fitting all aspects of training includes the strength, it includes the recovery, it includes the nutrition, all of that is part of a training. So yes, I need to fit all of that into my schedule. Like how do I fit in all the miles and all of the sleep. And maybe that means that you got to pull back on mileage sometimes because you can't reap the benefits from being like, oh, well, if I get up extra early, then I can get in a 10 miler instead of a six miler. Yeah, but you're not reaping the benefits if you're exhausted all day long because your body's just in panic mode right. and it doesn't get to actually say, oh, 10 miler at a comfortable pace. Great. Here's some physical adaptations for you to continue to gain strength to that. It just is like, nope, we're going to keep getting broken down. Thanks again. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that that's really what becoming a real life runner is all about. That's one of the things that we really wanted to educate people on, you know, with this podcast, with the programs that we've created inside the Real Life Runners Training Academy. We've created an entire step-by-step -step method to train people how to do this because it's not just getting enough sleep. Like that is a huge part of it for sure. That is critical for you to make any sort of gains in your health, in your running. Sleep is key. I mean, I cannot <laughs> emphasize that enough, right? But it's more than that. It's the way that we train. It's the holistic way that you have to kind of look at how running fits into your lifestyle, right? Because it's about the lifestyle that you want to live and then the results that you want to get in your running. Those are the results that you get in your running are actually a result of the lifestyle that you're choosing to live. And the lack of results is because of the way that you're choosing to live as well. Right. So you've got to actually kind of decide what that life is that you want to live and then go from there. And that's a, that's a tricky process of mm -hmm. figuring out what it is that you actually want. How do you want to live? How do you want to run? What do you want to get out of running? Like that's, that's the point of figure out what do you want to get and then live accordingly so that you can get as much out of running as you actually want to. Yeah. And I think that it's important for us to understand that like we don't all enjoy running for the same reasons, right? Some people love the physical sensation of running. Some people like running fast and feeling the wind blow through their hair. Some people love the mental benefits of running, right? The fact that it forces us to push through when things get hard, that grit, that perseverance, determination, those things that we have to practice during running, right? Again, running does not give you any of those things. Running just gives you the opportunity to practice those qualities, to practice those things within yourself and to make those qualities stronger. You already know how to persevere. Running just gives you a way that you can strengthen that quality within yourself, that perseverance that you already have. You're going to prove it to yourself. You're going to strengthen that 
within yourself through running. And there's a lot of joy to be found in that, right? There's a lot of joy to be found in accomplishing things, setting a goal. That's another thing that running does for a lot of us, right? It shows us that we can set a goal that we might not think we're capable of. But if we just follow a plan, go through the process, take the steps in order to get there, we can and we will do that. Right. But here's the thing. Like a lot of people get sidestepped along the plan because they're like, oh, I don't want to do that because that part doesn't make me happy. Like as though running is designed, as though being healthy and fit needs to be just a constant, you know, bliss and sunshine every day. Like, Don't forget the rainbows and unicorns. The rainbows and the unicorns. I just I ride my unicorn into the field of sunshine and flowers, and that's how I get fit. Like there are cool. going to be <laughs> neat, <laughs> but there's going to be days that are not you know designed for pure ecstasy. There's going to be aspects of running that helps you do the part that you love because you do the part that you don't necessarily love as much. Yeah. And if you can get rid of some of the parts that you don't like and still be able to do the parts that you do at the level you want, great. But you can't get rid of all of the negatives because sometimes they're necessary for you to continue the positives. Like my kids are asking me all the time in algebra and geometry class, why do we have to learn this? And I'm like, well, because you can't do the cool project I have lined up unless you learn today's boring fundamental class. Sorry, that's how it works. Like there are aspects of running that I would rather not do, but in order to run at the level I want, I do some of the stuff that's like, meh, I'd rather skip that type of workout. Yeah, and that's how it is in all areas of our life, right? Like there are parts of your job, even if you love your job, there are probably parts that you might not like as much, right? That might not be your favorite. I know that there, there is with mine. I love what I do. I absolutely love coaching runners to be their best. I love putting on this podcast. I love, you know, connecting with other business owners and doing all the things, but there are parts that are just a little bit tedious that I don't enjoy as much, but they're necessary, right? Same thing with our family life, like budgeting. Okay. This is for business and for, for family, right? (laughs) Like budgeting is not something that I used to enjoy doing. I got a fun app and like now I feel all in control and I'm telling myself that I like it because I'm allowed to control my thoughts like that. But it for some people, they might not enjoy it. But w- when you budget and when you allocate your money for certain things, it allows you to do what you want with your money, right? Like go on vacation, like take a crazy road trip you know, to Ohio for Thanksgiving break. Like that was all part of the budget. It, it allowed us to do that because I knew where our money needed to go. That was going to be my suggestion. Sometimes you want to take a vacation and visit family and to do that aspect that you're excited for and to go visit cold and have your Florida kids see snow, which was super exciting, you have to do the other part of drive for 36 hours in a car with two small kids and a dog, which was less exciting. Less exciting, especially <laughs> when that 12, 13 hour, you know, uh, last day, like the last day we got stuck in so much traffic. It was not fun at all. It was Thanksgiving traffic. Everybody yeah. wanted to go home. Yep. So there are less fun parts that make, you know, that are necessary for you to have the fun parts. And just understanding that that's all a part of the journey and that's all a part of it is totally okay. 
Right. And you don't have to have a life altering event for you to actually find the joy in the uncomfortable. Yeah. Parts. Please don't go have seizures. It's it's really. It's, yeah. Don't do that. Just, <laughs> you can actually just choose to be happy and to smile at a workout where you miss the paces at a strength workout where you're in an uncomfortable position at a speed session where you don't like that particular type of speed session. I don't like the ones where I have to crank it up super fast. Angie loves the ones where she's going super fast. I do. I prefer to go at like that moderate effort and try and hang on for a full hour. I do not. (laughs) We like different workouts, but they both serve a good purpose. And so they're both on both of our training plans. Right. And this is what we really want to communicate to you guys today is that you run for different reasons. You gain different things from running. You enjoy different things about running. You dislike other things about running. I love strength training. I love feeling strong. Kevin's not a big strength training fan. He strength trains so that he can run. I run and strength train because I love both of them. That I just love being strong and fit and healthy. I love that feeling that the, that you know, all of it gives to me, right? You might run because you want to improve your heart health, right? Maybe you had, maybe you had a health scare as well. And your doctor told you you needed to lose weight in order to improve your health. So maybe that's why you got into running. Whatever it might be, there are other things that you might like, might dislike, might enjoy, might not enjoy so much. And ultimately, it's all a part of what running is and if you have to do some of the little parts that you might not like as much in order for you to gain the benefits that you want to gain I think that's worth it yeah 100 percent. like the reason that you go out and run we don't know like we can we can guess we can come up with a list you can probably hit one of those boxes but it doesn't really matter what the reason is that you get out and do it you you've started you're running enough that you're listening to a running podcast you've made it well into this one so you even enjoy the running podcast you might even find the two of us humorous but hopefully um but you've You've run and you continue to run. So the reason behind it, you have one. You might have to pause for a second and try and think about what that reason is, but it's there. You definitely have a reason. So it doesn't really matter what it is as long as you know what it is. You don't have to impress anybody else with what that reason is. It just needs to be the thing that continues getting you out there and doing your thing. Just lace them up and go run and enjoy it for whatever that reason is for you. Exactly. So if you are ready to run faster and longer without injury, figure out what those essential ingredients are so that you can train at the level that you want to train, whatever that might be, without comparing yourself to anybody else, so that running can be whatever you want it to be, so that you can train with intention, so that you can see what's possible for you, right? Let a running is an avenue for you to see what's possible and to create at a life that you are excited to live, that you love living. If that sounds like something you're interested in, we are hosting a brand new free three-part live training. We kick off today, the day that this episode is released, Thursday, December 2nd. It's December 2nd, December 7th, next Tuesday, and then the following Thursday, December 9th, okay? So it's three parts. We're going live to interact with you guys, to teach you our system, to teach you the essential ingredients that you need so that you can run faster and longer without pain and get out there every day and 
Do what works for you. Integrate running into your lifestyle. Create your life around running so that you can get the results in your running and your health that you're really, really looking for. So if you want to join us for our free three-part live training, go to realliferunners.com forward slash live, L-I-V-E, and you can sign up for that training so you can get the link so that you can join us on Zoom. We love interacting with you guys. We love talking to you, figuring out what is holding you back, what's getting in your way, and how we can help coach you through that. Okay, that is one of the things that we love doing during these live trainings is really interacting with you. So make sure you come live. All right, it's at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Tuesday and we would love for you to join us live so that we can interact with you. We can kind of get to know you and what's going on and if we can figure out how we can help you in these in these three days. Okay. So again, that link is realliferunners.com forward slash live L I V E. But if you just go to the homepage, there's a link right there on the homepage that you can click that will take you there. Um, so please join us. We would love to hang out with you and help you to improve your running, achieve your goals, and feel amazing in the process. As always, guys, thank you so much for joining us today on the Real Life Runners Podcast, episode number 227. Now get out there and run your life.